So like telepathic communication is something that we all have access to through the pineal gland and just through our sensory input that we're receiving all the time from the outside world. But having a language that we put with that when we actually say the word telepathy or that tends to shut people down and thinking that they can't do that or that's not okay or there's something wrong with it. Welcome to Into the Light Podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey, along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment, trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I'm so excited today. For those of you who don't know, Erica Van Eaton, she's here as our guest. Erica is a quantum alchemist intuitive who helps others reimagine their internal knowingness. Uh, She teaches others how to reweave their foundational structure, to curate new realities and expand their gifts. Her oldest son that was born with Down syndrome and autism guided her through restructuring their own energy matrixes to become a new kind of human. Through reimagining the roles of the human vessel, she learned how to create an internal unified way of playing in the quantum field. And by playing with science and metaphysics, She not only helps others heal and expand, but she empowers them to do the same thing. And I'm so excited to have you as a guest today and have this conversation with you, Erica. It's so nice to have you. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. As you were reading that, I was like, there's so much information just in that to unpack. So I'm excited to support you all today. (laughs) That was a lot of information. It was a lot of like esoteric, metaphysical, like woo-woo stuff that we that we're all here to learn about in this world. And yeah, I know it was a lot, but I've been, I'm so glad that we connected. I actually, I originally, I know we, I, I saw you speak on Kristen Bileke's Unity Consciousness event. It was a few months ago and your talk just really inspired me. And I, I'm so glad that when I invited you here to, to, to be on this program that you agreed, because I feel like you have so much knowledge and wisdom around quantum energy healing and the work that you do as a channel and metaphysical abilities that we have and what we're here to do to align our, our souls and our physical and mind, body, spirit type of work that we're all doing. So I'm, I'm just so glad to have you and and learn a little bit more about you today. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to share. It's my journey is a little bit different than normal. So yes. yeah, I'm excited to play too. Awesome. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you did get into this work, because I know you have somewhat of a, a scientific kind of, I don't know if you had a medical background or what, can you tell us a little bit about what brought you into this work just for people to know, like how, how you ended up I know you have your son and all of that story as well, but yeah, I'm curious how you ended up kind of taking a a left turn into the metaphysical realm. (laughs) So yeah, I worked for over a decade as a cardiac sonographer in hospital setting, and I worked in NICUs and surgeries and did codes where people were actively dying. And so I was having experiences there as well. And that's not something that I've ever really talked about, but I guess we're going to share that today. So it was there when I started seeing when people were leaving their bodies. And then two weeks prior to, it's not as though I grew up being able to, I had experiences where I saw my dead grandpa. I was able to telepathically communicate with animals, not all animals, just my own. My I rode horses and had dogs and things, but it wasn't something that it talked about because I grew up in a religious background where it was fear to talk about. So we've all had these experiences that were esoteric, that were metaphysical, but it wasn't normalized to speak speak about these things. And so we've created in our minds some disconnect that we have these abilities because we were able to separate out us actually having these experiences from the terminology. So like telepathic communication is something that we all have access to through the pineal gland and just through our sensory input that we're receiving all the time from the outside world. But 
having a language that we put with that when we actually say the word tele telepathy or that tends to shut people down and thinking that they can't do that or that's not okay or there's something wrong with it. So it wasn't until my oldest son was born, who was born with Down syndrome, like you said, when that kind of communication became more on board and it came on the board in the form of knowings. And we didn't know he had Down syndrome until he was born. And the doctor brought him over to us and I looked at him and I said his name and he looked me straight in the eyes. And that's the first time I heard his soul speak to mine. I knew I knew the soul and I knew he knew me too. Now, even though we had that initial initial conversation in my head. It was just this knowingness and this feeling that I had in my heart. It wasn't as though I had language for it even at that time. And we progressed and grew, went through a lot of up and downs to get to the point where we are now. But having that science and medical background also allowed me to see inside a person's body what was occurring physically when they were having emotional breakdowns or anger or fear or anxiety. I could see the physical reactions of the heart because I scanned hearts. So I was able to see that internally. And then as my son began to grow, I could see exactly how much other people's emotions affected him externally. So when we would walk into a room, if there was a lot of emotion in the room, he would completely shut down. If there was, if someone was really grouchy that wanted to hold him when he was a baby, he would shut down. So it wasn't as though that like one day it just clicked for me. It was definitely a progressive thing, very divinely led that led us to the path where we are today. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that. I'm not, I don't have a lot of direct experience with autism, but it does feel like there's the soul is sort of locked away in this constricted state of frustration. And I feel like as a mother, I have two children, but I can just imagine what it's like to have to navigate with a lot of empathy, trying to open up that child or, or get those needs met when there's such, such a barrier and, and a blockage there in that process. So that's, that's amazing. Really what he taught me to do was to expand. Mm -hmm. Most of us live in a very constricted state and they live in a very expanded state. So it's kind of the opposite of what we think. They live so expanded that it's hard for them to be in their body. Whereas we live so constricted by our stories and by our traumas and our dramas that it's hard for us to expand out past our body. So it's a little bit in reverse. And so what he did and what others like him do, they hold an entire spectrum of a rainbow. So the frequency range that they carry is much broader than ours and hasn't been able to resonate in the body because the body's been too dense because of the subconscious programmings that we have and the emotional and the chemical warfare and everything else that we have that has slowed us down physically, vibrationally. For them, they don't slow down. They stay expanded. The issue is for them is getting inside the body. So it's it's a little bit opposite of what we think is happening, but that is why telepathic communication is so easy for them and the purest form of communication because it goes past emotions. It bypasses all the, all the bullshit, if I can say that on here, <laughs> right? It bypasses all of that because it's just... It's just straight mind-to-mind -mind information or heart-to-heart -heart information. Whereas we're speaking from this chemical-based place often, meaning every word, every emotion that we have produces thousands of chemicals in the body and neuropeptides in the mind. So when we speak and when we formulate thoughts and we verbalize those into words, they're often chemically induced from an emotional state of some sort. And that is what causes distortions in our language and is hard to understand and interpret what someone is saying sometimes because what we feel and what they say are coming from usually two different places. So with autism and, and people with differences, it's usually very black and white because they're going to say exactly what needs to be said. They're not going to try to lie or beat around the bush with it. It's very, this is what it is. Wow. Yeah. And I've heard that even in general, neuro, like, cause it's a, it's a neurodivergence, right? That's where autism, like there's a distortion there or some sort of uh, issue, but it, it, I, I've, un the way I understand it is also there is some superpower when you have neurodivergence, like certainly on this spectrum. And then you get into like super genius or super high intelligence individuals as well. Right. So there's some sort of reason why I guess there's that, there's that challenge, but 
that's that's the way I've understood is that there's also these kind of like superpowers associated with uh, being born on the spectrum, right? Is that right? Yeah, and the reason why it is why they do have those superpowers is expanded and they don't get super attached to the body. So my son started coming to me in my dream state around the three month mark. And he would show himself doing something that he couldn't yet do in his body because he wasn't connected to his body. So something that we'd be working on a physical therapy or occupational therapy, he would show himself going from sitting to standing or standing to walking. And it would be full of emotion, emotion that he couldn't hold. Why couldn't he hold it? Because he wasn't in his body because those lower chakras were moving too slowly. So I began to hold those emotions for him because I would wake up and I'd remember the dream and I would feel those emotions and I would remember it throughout the day, throughout the week. And it'd be shortly after that, that he would then be able to step into that reality that was now a memory form in the energy field because of the vibrations that I was radiating out. So the amount of information, when we look at kids on the spectrum that aren't able to function on their own, that need a lot of assistance. It's not because of some kind of mental slowness. It's actually because the amount of information that they take in is a million times more than anyone else on the planet. So we're having this conversation right now, but someone on the spectrum would be not just having this conversation with you, but feeling everything that you're feeling. Every gesture of your face would be that have the same emphasis any raised hands or anything else on the screen or anything else in the room, like the fan going above me, all comes in at the same loudness because they don't have the same kind of metabolic processes in the brain either. So it's, it's just a different way of processing, but what they're teaching us how to do is how to expand and what we need to shift as a humanity so that we can have those superpowers too. Someone right. has to be here first and hold those frequencies and that's what they do. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And so you mentioned the telepathy and I know we had a question come in about how, how that process really works. And I have a question because I'm hearing that our ESP abilities and things are all coming at, uh, online at an accelerated pace right now with this ascension process and everything being activated. So tell us a little bit about what is that, how, how the telepathy and these superpowers are starting to really kick in and, and work with us, work, work for us, I guess, on the, on the collective level. Well, we're all doing it all the time and we've been doing it our whole lives. We just weren't consciously aware of it. And now we're becoming consciously aware of it and we're not so scared of the terminology. So we're becoming more open to the things that we are feeling, sensing, seeing, and knowing. So energy intelligence comes into our energy field in the forms of waves. And these waves are either coherent, meaning the molecules of energy in them are working together, or it's incoherent, meaning the molecules of energy are kind of colliding against each other and not working together. And those would be negative feeling thoughts and words like hate, anger, shame, lack, guilt, fear, all those kinds of things cause vibrations that are just kind of jagged and, and don't feel good when we embody them. But everyone in our environment is sending out signals all the time. A lot of us are projecting without realizing that we're projecting these signals, but they're coming into our energy fields when we're not consciously aware. And when we're not consuming our own energy, there's more availability actually for them to come in and cause disruptions in our field. So we have the pineal gland and we have the heart. There's most often energy comes in and someone sends you a thought, they're thinking of you, energy flows where intention goes. So if I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have this beautiful conversation today and I'm thinking of you, my thoughts are already flowing to you before we even have a verbal conversation because my energy is flowing in your way. So this energy's waves come in, they hit the heart. The heart has its own brain. It has a cardiac nerve plexus. Those energy waves hit the heart. The heart sends the signal to the brain and the brain has... Obviously it's full of nerve, nerve plexuses. So we have the pineal gland. It's going to shoot that information up to the pineal gland, the pineal gland and other glands with the pituitary. They're going to start releasing neurohormones that are the same vibration as the information that came in and hit the heart. Why does it hit the heart first? Because the heart has the biggest magnetic field. So it's coming in, it's hitting the heart. The heart sends the signal to the brain. We start having thoughts that are vibrational match to this external thing that came in. Now these thoughts, when we're, when we're, consciously aware of telepathic communication, then that's how we're deciphering the information coming in. When we're not aware of what's happening 
and we're, we're not being conscious of the energy coming into our field, these thoughts can start to alter our own chemistry because we start to take them on as our own information. Like, oh, this must be my thought. And then that starts releasing a chemical reaction in your body. So we've been doing this all along. We just haven't been consciously aware that we're actually metabolizing someone else's information. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's like a lot of information. I mean, I heard what resonated to me was just the the heart, feeling it with the heart kind of first. And we had a comment that, that yeah, telepathy is related to manifesting or the law of attraction. And I guess activating some of the powers of our emotional body to be, I guess, in charge or in the lead kind of things that we detect emotionally before we're able to even logically kind of process them. Is that right? Okay. So you kind of said a few different things there. Yeah. So manifestation normally occurs based off of our subconscious programmings throughout the different minds of the body. So we're wanting, when we think about manifestation in the terms like law of attraction, mm -hmm. we're often in the past, we've been trying to do it with just changing our thoughts or yeah. trying to get to that emotion that is the same vibration as the manifestation would be. Yeah. But we have these different brains in our body that have subconscious programming. So in your root, you have inferior mesenteric nerve plexus there. There's a nerve plexus there. Anytime there's a nerve plexus and there's energy running through it, it creates a brain. It creates consciousness into the energy field. So the strongest pull that we have to manifestations is our subconscious programming. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's not just radiating out from that nerve plexus, but again, it's the chemicals locked in our cells that are responding as well. So these chemicals, again, they have a vibration that they're radiating out and they cause emotions, whether we're, we're sometimes we're, we have these emotions. We're not even aware we're having the emotions because we're so used to it. Right. We're so used to a little bit of anger or a little bit of fear or a little bit of shame or a little bit of insecurity playing in the background that we don't even recognize that we have it. We'll block it out because it doesn't feel good, but that doesn't mean it has gone away. It's still there. So when we're talking about manifestation, taking it back down to a physiological level, what's happening is the easiest way for me to explain manifestation, because that's our most powerful pull to the, to the energy field where the creation happens. So for example, when my son was, was coming to me in these dreams, he wanted to manifest his ability to go from sitting to standing, right? Like these things, these physical things. So he would present these vivid pictures in my mind at night when I was sleeping and I'd wake up and I'd still see that. And I would still feel these super strong emotions. Those strong emotions would release in my body and gave me a different perspective of his abilities, how I saw him directly affected what he could do. If I would read a book and I listened to the doctors and they would say, oh, he can't do this, or it's going to take him forever to do X, Y, Z, that vibrational state would have held him locked. So I had to change my, yeah, like limiting the limiting beliefs that you're projecting onto him at that point would limit right. the block, would, would create the blockage. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a chemical. It's a belief. It's all the things that we have to look at when we're looking at manifestation. So for me, telepathic um, communication is slightly different than that. It's not dictating what we manifest so much. Well, unless we unconsciously allow it to program us. So maybe that's what they were referring to. If there's telepathic information coming in often, and we allow that to program our subconscious, then mm -hmm. it would dictate our manifestations. Yeah, I guess it's kind of, it, it, it kind of goes back to maybe the question, like, like, from what I understand, in order for us to heal our subconscious minds, we have to do a, a lot of our own trauma healing, or be kind of work through our, our own imbalances or limitation, limiting beliefs, things like that. And so does it, does it seem to, to be the case that in order for us to really start activating our intuitive abilities, our telepathic abilities that we, we, we have to heal through a lot of that inner 
trauma or the subconscious blockages that might be there in order to really get online with those superpowers? <laughs> yes, but not in like we have in the past. In the past, mm. we like dug through this pain and we read through these stories and we were like this, it was just very slow and it was very sticky and it kept us locked. So really it comes down to breaking the cycles by through self-consumption I've been talking about this for a couple months now. The idea of self-consumption is you are literally breathing in your own energy so that we stop taking in so much information from the outside world. Now, every memory that you have from every story, every trauma, every experience, it's not actually in your body. It's stored in the energy field, like in a balloon that has a range of frequencies related to that experience. The only thing keeping us attached to that memory or identity of who we've been in the past or belief that occurred in the past is the chemicals locked in our cells. Mm -hmm. And our cells are addicted to these chemicals because it's fed off of them for however long, even if it doesn't feel good, even if it's causing dis-ease states, it's addicted to this. So to stop the chemical addictions, the only way that we can do it is start to cut the ties that we have to all these balloons. And that's mm -hmm. how we begin to reprogram the subconscious minds is by when we notice that we're going down a path or we have fallen into the same pattern, or you see the same program starting to slip up again before you even let your mind like go down the rabbit hole with it, or, or you start to feel the anxiety when you start to pay the bills or something, we need to stop and just breathe and breathe in our own energy. You can just imagine like this breath coming up through us and going down all around us. But when we self-consume, we are teaching our body that we're safe. And we're beginning to slow down the nervous system and deepen it to a point that it's saying to the cells of the body, I trust you. I trust myself. That's an entirely different chemical response than I don't, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't trust myself, right? And it's super, like we've made it so hard and it doesn't have to be that hard. If we just breathe deeply and consume our own energy, automatically the response system in us is like, okay, I'm safe. I trust myself. And if you trust yourself that of course you're worthy to receive, of course you're worthy to experience something different because you are, it's a completely different chemical process. Yeah, I love that. That's you explained it amazing because it's it's like I hear a lot about nervous system regulation and somatic work and things like that to help regulate and and like you said, taking that space to trust yourself and come into that that frequency, I guess you would say, to be from dysregulated nervous systems and anxiety and things like that into more of this balanced state. And I'm curious, cause you mentioned it happening like on a cellular level and maybe could you tell me a little bit about how this is happening? Like I've heard our, we're, we're all like energy light bodies taking on more, I don't know, photonic light and things that are occurring right now. And in the, in the, from a, like just cosmic perspective and things like that. Tell me a little bit about how, how that works with, with our bodies taking on more and more, uh, like, I guess, light energy in this process in order to purge out these lower density frequencies and working on that, uh, regulating it th through that process. The more that we unravel. So like I just taught a class unraveling the DNA sp life spiral. So the more that we breathe and we relax and we begin to trust ourselves, the more that our DNA actually begins to open up and negative thoughts, experiences, and emotions have tightened our DNA strands, like mm -hmm. our real DNA strands in our, in our bodies, right? Our physical wow. ones. So they tighten up and when they tighten up codes within them shut down and your body can only read a certain gene sequence. So when we begin to breathe and we begin to trust ourselves, it begins to open back up and codes of light begin to turn back on. Our galactic codes of light begin to turn back on. Access to other dimensional realms. So for people that are like, eh, I don't understand galactic, we're talking about different dimensional realms. What is a dimension? A dimension is just a different range of frequencies. So let's say the fourth dimension carries frequencies 15 through 20 and the fifth dimension carries 25 through 30, whatever. It doesn't really go like that. But what we're saying is as we begin to unravel and we begin to purge ourselves of these slow moving, dense, incoherent chemicals, 
we're opening our body up to read a different gene sequence in our DNA that is gives us access to other dimensional realms where there's other realities, where there's different kinds of light coming through. And our cells themselves can actually metabolize it. Our mitochondria can actually metabolize that light. When we're dense, we can't metabolize super high frequency light coming from a dimensional field that we don't have a chemical structure for. Does that make sense? So the tighter our DNA becomes, the denser our chemistry becomes and the less access we have to these higher frequency light. So through the breath work, through the healing, through self-consumption, we're opening up our DNA strands to read a different gene sequence, to release different chemicals in the body, which gives us access to different rays of light that we haven't had access to before. They've always been there. We just couldn't metabolize them. We couldn't integrate and embody them. Wow. Yeah. I, I guess I'm curious because I, I hear a lot about like ascension symptoms or people who experience a, a certain amount of um, illness or difficulty with their physical bodies right now, especially, I mean, like in this process of taking on more light, maybe can you tell us what, 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 how does that work with, with what people are calling ascension symptoms? Is that just part of this process of us healing through the DNA and happening at a cellular level and purging this type of lower density problems that are creating illnesses within ourselves? It's because we haven't all upgraded our foundational frequency. <laughs> and what I mean by our foundational frequencies is like you build a house on, on concrete. So you're building this house on concrete, but let's say you started with a shack and a really thin foundation, and then you want to build this mansion on top of this small thin slab and it can't hold it. It forms crack. It breaks it like stuff just falls right through. So that's where the assumption ascension symptoms happen is because the foundation hasn't been upgraded and laid. And so that goes back to what is that inferior mesenteric nerve plexus saying? What is the superior mesenteric nerve plexus saying? What is the vibrational frequencies that these minds of your root, of your sacral, of your solar plexus, what are they saying? What frequency are they resonating at? If they're not resonating at at least the place of neutrality, you can't bring in pure bliss and gratitude and hold that for very long. It's going to slip right through, right? It's just, it's not going to be able to hold and take hold. So it's the distortion or the dissonance that we have between what's coming in and what our bodies can attain. It's not so different. Ascension symptoms aren't so different from what kids with autism experience all the time until the healing work gets done so that they can embody. So my son needed me to heal so that he could come into his own body. And that's the journey we took together because the frequencies that I was radiating out of, of insecurities and lack through my and unworthiness through my own root chakra, he was taking on and it slowed his root chakra down. So he, there's no way his spirit could descend down into his body. It got to his solar plexus and it spun out and it just hung outside of his energy field. This is the kind of work that we have to do and we can, it doesn't have to be super difficult, right? It doesn't have to be really painful. It's just breathing and self-consuming time and time again, over and over your own energy, coming back home to your body, to, to the mantra that I am safe. I am enough. I trust myself because again, that's a chemical response. That's going to open up a different genome. Your body's going to start reading something different. That's going to allow you to bring in a different level of awareness, a different level of a consciousness. And so when we're talking about different dimensional fields, what we're talking about is just, it's not like we're going to float away to another universe while we're here. What we're talking about is if dif different constructs, different ways of thinking, of seeing the world, different perceptions. And when we expand out to this vast dimensional field that holds a whole different level of realities, when we look back in at this one problem that it's so small, it makes the densities here that we experience in our third D reality really small because it gives us a different perspective. And so what does that do? That takes when, when we are expanded, when our energy field is, is so expanded and we're looking in at this one little thing and that, and we realize how small it is, we just took all of our energy out of that problem. We deflated the problem. 
we took the energy out of it. So it doesn't have control over us anymore. And so that we're not expanding this pile of crap anymore. It's something different. So that's what, that's what we're doing. And that's how we're going to change the earth is through this foundational shift and change through this self-consumption, pulling our energy out of the muck, out of the crap, expanding out, looking back at it and seeing, ah, geez, that was so small. Why did I, why did I let that consume me? It's really such a small thing. We just deflated the balloon and pulled the energy out. Wow. Amazing. I, that's <laughs> what a, what a job we all have to do in this process. I love this concept of self-consumption that you're talking about. And maybe, maybe you can tell me a little bit about how, where our, our ego is involved in this. Cause like, right. Our ego is keeping us potentially in this state of fear or like to protect us. And so much of our spiritual work or religious traditions teach us about like doing this ego work on our ego. Right. So I'm curious, where does, where does the ego come in? Like kind of trying to prevent this, this, this work from occurring. And then where does this model of self-consumption come into, to, to try and yeah, heal through some of those problems? Well, I love that you brought up the ego because I love the ego. (laughs) I love it. And I have a completely different perspective of the ego. Thanks to my son. So because he came in and his ego was so quiet, he was easily consumed by the energies around him because he didn't have that layer of protection. So as he was starting to come more into his body, I started to ask questions of, okay, how can he live in the unity consciousness that he's in, but also feels be safe in his body to expand his own sense of self-expression? And the answer was the ego. So I was like, okay, so how does the ego need to operate differently or what was the original the original blueprint for the ego. And that's when the archangels and some others came in and they were like, okay, so they have an ego too. And it just works very differently. And they would never call it an ego. It's actually like this beautiful filter in their energy field. And it's supposed to be our beautiful filter too. And it has our codes of light within it. The problem has been in the past that our ego has been enmeshed with our subconscious minds. So that they've been interlinked and we needed to separate them out and give them space and then introduce your ego to your spirit and to your heart space and remind it that that's the truth of who you are and the truth of who it is. It's part of your soul. Your ego doesn't just dissipate when we leave this planet. If you've ever talked to a medium that has brought loved ones through, they come through with a personality. That's how it's them. That's their ego. That's their personality. It has their source within it. So it's learning, okay, how is this meant to operate differently and how can it operate differently? And when you get an open communication between the ego, the mind, the body consciousness and your spirit and bring them all in harmony with your soul, then they understand the mission. And the mission is to allow for your expansion of self-expression through your source energy codes, that unique aspect of you that only you carry from the divine. You were woven from the source energy and you carry a unique set of codes that only you carry. And you're meant to expand that through all the different experiences here. But the more that we allow these other outside programs come in and dictate who we are and who we can be, those source energy codes shrink again, just like DNA to protect itself. So now your ego begins to look at the information coming in from the field, not in a place of fear, but rather from a place of resonance of looking at the frequency of something. It gets to be very simple does this frequency, if I allow this into my field, is this something that's going to expand me or is this something that's going to shrink me? And if it's something to shrink me, it's something to redirect out of the field that it's just not a vibrational match to who I am. It's just not bringing me harmony. I don't need to judge it. I don't need to be scared of it. I just need to redirect it out of my field. So it's working with the, with all aspects of you, even the mind, the mind is such a beautiful healing container when we allow it and we give it a voice And it can help you rewrite your subconscious mind. So it's bringing these different aspects and asking the questions, how can this work differently? And that was the gift my son gave me. He was my oldest. I didn't know any better. I wasn't down the spiritual path yet. I didn't know that I shouldn't be asking these questions because I wasn't reading things. So I just began asking questions and sitting in meditation. And that's when the downloads began because I didn't know that it wasn't technically supposed to be that way. I learned that it could be any way we want to script it. Let's go back to the original script where everything is expansive and working in unison, providing internal unity consciousness. The more that we expand, 
and come into internal unity consciousness through self-consumption is the more that we're going to step into external unity consciousness. Why? Because we're deflating the crap because we're expanding to another dimensional field. Wow. Yeah. I, I keep feeling like it's what you're describing is when we talk about like our authenticity, moving into our highest frequency is our authenticity state and, and shedding away all of the programming constructs, you know, so, social constructs, religious programming, all of that has to be kind of dismantled in order for us to oftentimes come in alignment with how we want to be an expression of source or of energy in this authentic state. And maybe, maybe for people who are still trying to understand how this works with unity consciousness, can you, can you tell me a little bit more about how it is that we are all, you'll hear like we're all aspects of God expressing ourselves uniquely and that all of it is equal, but we're all kind of like, that's where we want to eliminate the separation and judgment and fear and shame-based programming, but that we're, we're all basically within the concept of unity consciousness, each one of us individually, an aspect, a fractal of energy of source or God or whatever that might look like. Cause that is such a big, important concept in this, in this process that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. That's a big topic. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I just because I I actually yeah I remember you talking about it when I heard you with around unity consciousness because I feel like that is so much of the of this challenge when we are reprogramming from different religious and and I always am am thinking about embodying our most authentic state and this is this is so important for people to understand that we are all like that it's not a linear system where we're like some someone is ahead of the other but we are all actually just manifestations or aspects of god simultaneously in the collective occurring so each person has their own valid authentic state of being right <laughs> so I, I mean it's hard to articulate but that's where i'm that's what i'm visualizing as you're talking exactly and really what we're doing is releasing the lines of codependency when we release the lines of codependency, it allows us once to expand again, but it also allows the other person to expand again, even if it looks more painful for someone else when we release those lines and those enmeshments. So as source energy codes, there was this one source energy that decided to experience different, many different facets. And so we were woven from this source energy and you have a set of codes, I have a set of codes. We all have a unique set of codes from this source, but it's all anchors back into one source. Whatever your name for that is, doesn't really matter. It doesn't care. So we are all aspects of that experiencing. And every time we come into an experience and learn about ourselves more, do I like this? Do I not like this? Does this shrink me? Does it expand me? Cool. I'm growing. I'm growing. My source energy codes are expanding as long as I'm the one in, in control of that, right? I'm not allowing another person's opinion or codependency on me dictate how I expand or how I express myself. So through releasing lines of codependency of appeasing someone else or making someone else comfortable or whatever it is in that way, we keep ourselves locked in these enmeshments and we, and these enmeshments are actually bonded atoms of energy right? Adam, we're made of trillions of atoms of energy and atoms are electromagnetic. And when we come into contact with people and we've been in resonance with them, we oftentimes create these enmeshments, which keeps part of our energy field actually locked in that frequency, whatever we were enmeshed at. So in that way, I'm not allowing you to expand and I'm not able to expand either. But the more that we expand our source energy codes through working with our ego, our mind, our body consciousness, opening up our genome and reading that sequence differently, allowing ourselves to expand to another dimensional field that unlocks other people naturally because of the vibrational resonance that we're at. So there you're so right that there's no linear thing and there's really no up, down, left, right, whatever. Like I expand down just as much as I expand up. Right. So in the earth herself, there's different dimensional fields. I think we often get lost in like looking up or like High vibe is out there, but it's not really, it's like all within each and yeah. every cell and every aspect of us. So unity consciousness to me is allowance, allowance for you to explore your God self, because the more that your codes expand, the more my codes expand too, naturally, because we're all located back at that one source energy, which begins 
which is always expanding. Energy is always moving. It's always moving. And so the freedom that we gift each other is beautiful and it's healing. I'm thinking about this. It might make me tear up, but I'm thinking about this. I was, my oldest son with Down syndrome had a homecoming party and there were all the kids in this class were there and about half of them were nonverbal and the other half were there was nothing but telepathic communication going on between them. And some of them had a hard time staying in their bodies because they were nervous. They were going to a dance where there was going to be hundreds of kids and there were parents there. And there was a lot that made them close the fabrics. All of that was just a little bit different, a little bit uncomfortable. So some of them were popping out naturally without asking for help or anything. You would see someone come by and pat one of the kids on the back that was floating up out of their bodies. One of their friends who was verbal, he would like walk by and he would pat his friend who was nonverbal on the back. And I'd see him like come back down into his body. That's unity consciousness. There was nothing expected of anyone. It was just, okay, I see what's happening. Here you go. And so when we release any kind of expectation of what we're going to receive in return from someone, we release enmeshments. And we allow us both to grow bigger and fuller and more expressive. And that releases codependency. So there's no expectation of what you're going to receive from someone. We often say, I need this from you in a, in a relationship. I want to be loved this way. Well, that's great. Like you can set boundaries about what you, but the fact of like actually needing someone in that way that's saying to yourself that I'm not enough. No, I desire to be in relationship with someone this way. It's completely different energy, right? If we say, I desire to have a relationship like that rather than I need a relationship like that. So when we think about our environment and playing with each other, what do you desire to be like with your neighbors or what do you desire to be like in your community? I desire to be a free flowing conduit of love. It's really that simple. Like if I just want to walk down an aisle of a grocery store and spread nothing but love because maybe someone needs it, that's unity consciousness. I'm just an open conduit for that to happen. I'm not expecting anything in return, creating codependency. It's releasing all that. That's that is my definition and what I've seen, unity consciousness. Wow. Amazing. Cause I, I, I think that so many of our healing journeys begin, certainly mine has had a lot of focus on where I've had codependency and relationships. And that's kind of the starting indicator of where healing work needs to be done. And I, I, I didn't quite link it all into that, that bigger picture of how it's as a collective part of that process of understanding it from a unity consciousness perspective and the importance of, of shedding away that those codependencies and, and the impact that that has with like everyone we come in contact with. That's amazing. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing, Erica. And I, I know we're we're almost out of time a little bit here, but I, I want to save some time for questions and things. But tell me a little bit about how you work with your clients and what kind of programs you have coming up if people are interested to to hear more about your work, because I don't want to keep you all day talking about these subjects, <laughs> even though I'd love to. But I'm curious, like, how do you work with your clients and what kind of programs do you have for people who are really interested to do a deeper dive into this work? Okay. So right now I'm in more of a mentorship coaching role, helping people open up their own gifts, come home to self and begin to curate a different kind of reality through the mentorship program. Mm -hmm. Everyone on the planet is a healer and it's about taking ownership of those gifts in whatever format that means for you, whether it's for you, for your family, for whomever, or just through healing itself. But that's kind of more the program that I have right now. And I randomly, when I feel called, teach large group classes like I did last week. But right now I've kind of toned it back to more of the mentorship coaching containers. And, and are you doing different, like, I know you mentioned even breath work and different healing modalities or what, what do you, what do you do as a, like as a system or a combination of things for people who are looking to, to really heal through some of these issues or understand what, what they would be getting into if they work with you. I got to get ready to go deep, go, go deep shadow work. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, for me, I come at it from a place of play. I, it's constant play. And they've really showed me how much more energy you can move through the foundational frequency of play. It's so much more vast. 
yeah, some things are going to hurt and tears are going to come up, but how we work together is unique to each and everyone, depending on what your soul is asking and wanting to provide and your guides. And a lot of times guides shift and change throughout a mentorship container with me as your foundational frequency changes. We're doing a lot of subconscious programming and taking ownership and empowerment. Every time I work with someone, I verbalize what I'm doing out loud to empower them to do the same. Giving language to the work that we're doing is really empowering, empowering you to have your own and format your own language too. So I'm very transparent with everything that I do. And, and I'm actually, this is, I'm just popping, something's popping into my head. I'm probably going to be, I have, I don't know, 40 plus hours of classes and courses and everything that I've talked taught and recorded in a members only portal. I'm probably going to be putting that on sale soon, which walks you through again, everything that I teach or every lesson that I share as I'm doing the healings and we go galactic at times, <laughs> whatever we're doing, we're doing on a physical, spiritual, emotional level out loud walking you through it. So you have the ability to do the same. It's one thing to work with a healer and they're doing the healing work and you're the recipient, but it's another thing to be an active participant. And that's what I expect from people that I work with. You're an active participant with me because I'm here to share this so that you can share it too. Wow. Amazing. I love that. Cause yeah, we want to be not just kind of mindless receivers in this process, but in order for real, real work to get done, we have to back it up with our kind of own logical understanding of what's working and why, and then re really be able to operate from that, that, from that position rather than just like, I'm going to go to my, get my healing work done, but you really have no understanding of why it's working or what it might be really activating for you, especially when we talk about, yeah, deep, deep subconscious work. I know, I know for me, I, like I started out with a hypnotherapist a couple of years ago, and now I'm listening to different. I had a guest on my show last week and she was a quantum sound healer. So we're doing all kinds of things to reprogram our subconscious mind. And it's, it's a lot of work that needs to be done. So understanding why it's working for me has been a big part of that process. So I love knowing that. that. Knowing that all the, we have access to all those modalities. There's times I use light language. There's times I just use toning. There's times that we're just channeling straight from Archangel Metatron. So it's it's understanding that we have access to all the different modalities within us. Yes, there's something that you specialize in sometimes, but we do have access and can learn all the things. And so we don't have to separate the labels out anymore. The more that we expand and unravel gives us access to all the things. Right. And you mentioned we all have these abilities, right? I, I, I mean, people like to use labels like, oh, I'm an empath or I'm this. But in reality, what I've heard is basically we're all uh, we all have certain gifts. We might have the black blockages that are preventing them at this time. But that's one of the reasons why I was so excited that you talk so much about telepathy and tapping in and tuning in and all of the EST abilities that are coming online for us. Because in reality, we we do all have like in your background from a physiological perspective, we are all basically equipped with this, with this amazing technology, right? <laughs> yeah. And like when you're talking right now, your heart's wide open. So you're being a clear conduit, if you don't already know it, of healing for the, for everyone who's listening, because you're allowing that to just come straight through you from your heart to everyone that's on the call. That is a healer. That's being a healer. You're allowing this light language basically to come through your heart to everyone that's listening. So we all have these talents all the time. We're just not always aware of them. And then that's part of my role with people too, whether we're working in one-on-one -on -one containers or the, I've started a group mentorship program too, and having the ability to practice with other people to build your confidence is, mm. I think that's really important to understand like we're all nervous when we're starting out. We're all a little scared. We all doubt ourselves, but we are all healers and we have the capability to do it all. Amazing. I love that. Well, I don't know if we have any questions. People are feet free. I know we've gotten some, some comments along the way, but if anyone has any questions, feel free to raise your hand or write a comment in the chat. But yeah, any, any kind of, where should people go to find you? I know you have your social media, maybe your website. Let us know 
and for people who are listening to the replay, I'm going to send out an email probably tomorrow with the recording. So hopefully everyone who gets that will will come and check you out, check you out. So where should they go to find you, Erica? Where's the best place? You can go to my website, ericavaneaton.com. I also have a YouTube channel that I've been posting on more recently and I have activations on there. So I try to, I do try to push free content out. It's a little, they'll usually be like a clip of understanding something followed up Mm -hmm. with a short process to take you through. And there's a lot of people that go back over and over and over again through those processes. So I do want people to know, like you can access that freely because I understand that everyone's at different price points and just so everyone can share the vibes if they want. Amazing. Okay. Well, I, awesome. I'm going to actually also post this on my YouTube channel and repurpose it as an episode for, for people to find and to have all the links posted below and all of that stuff. So yeah, this is amazing, Erica. And I don't think we have any questions, but if people have any, feel free to put them in. Otherwise, any final thoughts? I like to wrap up. I don't like to take the full hour if possible, but I like to let people uh, who are making it uh, get back to their day. But any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share, Erica, before we wrap up? Um, I'm not surprised about the questions because that was a lot of information. So it's a lot to process. My wrap up would be to breathe. If you don't do anything else today, breathe and breathe with intention to bring that energy up through the core of you and all around you and then back up through you. And at the same time you're breathing, like just say, what if I did trust myself? What if I did trust this process? Anytime you start to feel anxious throughout the day, or you start to doubt something throughout the day, take a breath and come back home to self for self-consumption. Cause every time you do that, you're breaking lines of codependency. You're breaking lines to old memories and you're creating a different chemical foundation in your structure. So breathe. My, I love that. We talked about so much and you're, yeah, you're so inspirational. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Annalisa, you're inspiring. And the way that you came to this journey with your son and everything you've been through navigating those challenges and blessings at the same time. I mean, I know we talked about healing through codependency, self-consumption, our soul's purpose here on this planet, all of the unity consciousness stuff. What does this all mean? So I'm excited Erica, I'd love to have you on again. I know we just, it went by fast. So I'd love to have you in the future if you'd like and and continue the conversation. It was amazing. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day. We'll we'll talk soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at the website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at adinamovana.com. Thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light.